Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to Glocal News in Social Artistry. I'm your host, Dick Dalton, and this is an hour where we get to talk to people that are building a more humane world from the inside out. And today, my guest is a, a new friend that I met recently on a Zoom call, Chad Gutierrez from Irving, Texas. Are you on the line, Chad? Yes, I am. Can you hear me good? Good. Good sound. Very good. Um, I only know a little bit. <laughs> I only know a little bit about you. Uh, I know you're mid-20s and uh, you have very long hair. So... <laughs> Could you do a little more introduction of yourself uh, for our listeners and for me? Sure. Again, my name is Che. You spell that C-H-E. I am a 26-year-old male, and I am a dancer. And behind the scenes, I'm way more. And we're going to explore that today, people, if you'd like. <laughs> as, I, as I understand it, you uh, actually did some dancing not long ago at uh, a rally or a protest, uh, whatever it's called these days. Yes, it, um, it was today. Um, it was way more incredible than I thought. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Okay. It was way more incredible. and. Um, I was prepared to speak, I was prepared to dance, I was prepared to heal. But what I was amazed at was the, the, the same thought process. All the things I had been thinking were said. Ah. Yes, uh, uh, I, saw, I saw Asian of all types. I saw Caucasian of all types, blonde, red-haired, you know, uh, short-haired. I saw, and, and, and for, you know, for the first time, we, you know, I saw personally openly inviting other cultures to experience black culture, African culture, African-American culture. Uh, it was wonderful, Dick. So wonderful, especially when the drummers in African dance came on. Wow. So powerful. Mm -hmm. I, was this in Dallas? This was in Dallas at the uh, uh, Kennedy Memorial, I, I believe. It was this, uh, it was this monument uh, dedicated to John F. Kennedy. Okay. And because you know, of course, he was assassinated in in our in our city. And so they built. I'll yeah. tell you a secret, not a secret. I was in Dallas, Texas, over at SMU the day he was shot. Oh no! So I have no a little way. bit of a connection to that uh, time frame that you're referring to. But but please go ahead. Oh, you know, we saw all kinds of things and. Uh, there was a uh, when the drummers came out. I started dancing. Everyone started dancing. You know, in in African culture, you 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 let out a shout or a roar, and it's to encourage and send energy to the performers. And uh, and I was loving it. And this one guy, he kept looking at me. We were both loving it dancing. And this man, he had black black paint all over his lips, and his face was covered in white. And naturally, he had dark chocolate skin. And he went over to this brother and just started dancing. This young man, just about around my age, and this young man was brought out and he danced too, danced his heart out. And then 
he was just hit and he was really touched by our movement and he was shed to tears and mm -hmm. all people of all races of all cultures who were there ran up and put their hands on him wow. as he weeped wow. yes I, I don't know that I've seen any of the TV coverage of, of these rallies or, or protests that have had uh, African drummers there. This is, this is very unique and yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, I will say this, uh, Dick. It's unfortunate that the media isn't out there when we have positive protests. You had, you had uh, one, the, the dancer, he's actually a crumper, by the way, he, he sent me an invite um, and uh, I shook his hand. I said, you know, thank you for inviting me. And he was glad that I came out. Even when he danced, if you have a, especially a crumper, if a crumper dances and they grab you or they dance on you, it's, it speaks volumes. He's either asking you to come out and dance and take his place or, because um, we had been in contact and, you know, we've been supporting each other and I've been, you know, watching uh, him go live and, you know, it's, you know, tell us about when he was tear gassed the first time we had a protest here in Dallas. And it, when you, when you're a dancer, uh, you, you immediately know what the communication is. And to me, it was him saying, thank you for coming out. I noticed you've been watching it. You know, Dick, when you're a dancer, you just feel that and you know exactly what it means. Cool. So, you know, and no, no words are necessary. I'm, you know, we're not going to pretend like we're all, we're all buddy, buddy, but thank you for coming out, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what's so beautiful about um, this type of culture, because movement says a lot. When I saw you on the Zoom call, I wondered about your ethnic background, because you look like you could have been from any of 10 dozen countries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And your name uh, is Gutierrez, so, and, I, you know, I, I still have no... I, I don't know what your background is, but uh, uh. It, it's uh, it's because my features. It's so funny. My grandfather's in the encyclopedia. He left. He led a Chicano movement in Crystal City, Texas. Uh, his name is Jose Angel Gutierrez. I grew up in a very Hispanic Mexican culture. Uh, my family speaks Spanish. However, my dad sent me uh, his, uh, I guess, uh, lineage or DNA test, whatever you call those. Yeah, and come to find out, we're mostly of the Iberian Peninsula origin, Spanish okay. origin, and Italian origin, big time. Mm -hmm. So it's very, so it's very European. Mm -hmm. However, the uh, the the slight tint to uh, my complexion is uh, African American. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes. Well, that makes you an international figure. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no kidding. Great, great. Got a lot of jokes about that in high school. Well, you're, I guess you've been in Texas most of your life? Yeah, I have. Uh, I, was, I was fortunate that um, I was able to see uh, a lot of the country when I was a kid. Of course, you know, when you're a kid, you don't appreciate it. You just kind of want to stay on your Game Boy. <laughs> ah. you, know, you know, you don't want to go on the boat. You just kind of want to stay on the dock and <laughs> just be in your little world. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was for, it was fortunate that I did that. I, I stayed uh, in Portland for about a year when I turned uh, 23. Ah. And um, that was a great and terrible experience. And then I came back and I've been here since. Huh. Well, we might have been in Portland at the same time. I have a daughter and grandkids that live there. Uh, so 
a nice place to for me to visit yeah oh that's yeah it's, it, you know it was lovely it was beautiful it's just um i just hated uh seeing the gentrification oh yeah you know and uh people <laughs> which was happening on her block or her street yeah just right in right around her house the, the very thing was happening uh, yeah just they were turning uh they were turning almost any building into a, a way to make money they were turning uh old hospitals into apartments they were uh yeah they were uh building these new sky rises yeah. um you know because when i went there there was a lot of uh i mean there still is but there was a lot of uh community gardens uh i remember i love portland so much when i was because I, I, my first visit there was when i was 16 to visit my dad and uh where he lived, you could literally walk down the street and there was, there was fruits and vegetables you can just pluck and just, just eat. Wow. It, it was that, it was, it was, to me, my experience there, you know, of uh, vegetation and fruit, it was, it, was, it was just great. It was just hands-on. It was just there for you. Yeah. And that was beautiful. In uh, getting back to the uh, rally, do you, uh, do you have any, anything you would like to share uh, with our listeners about your take on protests this time as compared to times in the past oh uh, i do um i kind of know what's different but uh, i'm also still a little fearful uh but I'll, I'll tell you what's different about these one for sure we have freaking cell phones with cameras on them right so when when there's any oppression or if there's any um injustices there's proof and this time there's no way to say that there isn't proof. Right. When it comes to this uh, rally that we're at, a lot of things were said. Because, you know, because uh, now we're, we're getting both sides of the, of the playing field. And it's not to, you know, speak illy about any, anybody. Everyone was invited. Every, all, uh, all races of all kinds were there, you know. Um, it was beautiful. Asian, Caucasian, uh, Hispanic, African, of course. You know, mm -hmm. we were all there saying that, look, we're getting both sides of the story. Matter of fact, the gentleman that uh, sent me the the invite, and I I sent invite, uh, no, I didn't send invites. I, I sent invites for something else. I apologize, but um, he sent out the invites, and when uh he when he spoke, I have it on video. When he spoke, he mentioned that I have a Caucasian girlfriend, and we both share a child together, and I apologize on behalf of all black people because we didn't try to help you guys better understand the situation. So interesting. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Ahead. Now he said that now, yes, we, now we can sit here and talk about how, you know, black people have been oppressed and, and hurt and, and, and wronged, but we, the new approach this time, since we're younger, we're saying, okay, we get it that we're not seeing your side. We're not seeing how other races, uh, uh, particularly Caucasians are affected by this. However, we're inviting you to see and be a part of our culture. That way you can see and understand why we are complaining. And I couldn't have said it better myself. We, you know, we, uh, I, I've been knowing some of these dancers for a while and uh, there was nothing to add. The only thing I could add was my body and spirit and, uh, and my cheers. So the, what's different, Dick, is now we're trying to cover all bases. And this is what the media doesn't want to show, you know, and, 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 and then as young African-Americans, we were, it was hard because if we identified with anything Caucasian, we seemed like we were, it would come, it seemed like it was going to come off as we were being traitors to our own kind, but like, no, 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 we're not saying that. We're trying to find a solution 
and we're trying to at least hear all sides. What I'm hearing you say is, is at this particular event anyway, there were uh, many cultures represented in speakers or different ways of expression. Yeah, for sure. Uh, no, that's exactly what it was. And um, we, had, um, we had one Caucasian speaker. And the reason why he was invited to speak was because he's always been a part of the dance community. This, uh, some of the older speakers that were there, probably, you know, they're in their 30s. Um, and they're on their way to be called what we call OGs. And OG stands for original gangster. Um, I'm an OG. That was yeah, that was a term used for uh, gangsters who were saying that they, they were the true gangster, meaning it wasn't about, it wasn't necessarily about organized crime. It was saying that um, we are victims of oppression. Uh, the Italians uh, unified over that. Blacks, of course, unified. Um, the Hispanics unified. And they formed gangs because they weren't allowed to have jobs and their, you know, their businesses would get trashed. And so when these people felt that oppression, they're saying, okay, well, we have to make money and feed our, our family somehow. So that became organized crime. Well, that, that became one facet of it. it it's, it's not that nobody wanted to come to this country or nobody wanted to heal. And, you know, we, everyone wants to be accepted. Everybody wants to be a part of it. Um, and, and work honestly, but these people weren't allowed. So you, they were forced into organized crime. So a, a lot of those people, the Samoans, you know, I guess, you know, Italians, Africans who were part of this, dancing was their way to escape. So OG got into our name. So if you're a popper, especially or a breaker, you became an OG, meaning that you're an original gangster of dance. But, huh. you know, that, yeah, but yeah, poppers and breakers used to be gangsters back in the 80s. Because, and, and they didn't want to hurt anybody, so they decided to express through dance. So, it, you know, I, these stories go deep, Dick. They really do. Yeah. Well, when I first heard the uh, phrase OG in my health classroom at, at uh, the university where I taught, right. I thought about it for about two seconds, and I said, well, I'm an OG. And uh, <laughs> they, they laughed and laughed, and I said, I'm an old guy. And... Uh, Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> so I, I quickly adapted to the language, and uh, you know, I wasn't making too much light of it, but in a way, I was, and and uh, it was fun. It was fun. They they appreciated it. Yeah, it was, and you know what? Uh, you know, it's unfortunate because um, when it comes to Caucasians, when they when when they want to mix and mingle with uh, with with, uh, with black citizens, they don't understand what they're gonna get. They're only told, you know, they're only they only they're only shown what they're gonna get, and it's it's terrible. And it's the same stigma that African Americans have towards Caucasian Americans. What you know, uh, I remember going. I remember you know, I grew up on uh, my my black side, and. Um, it was very common to see racism in, 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 in all four sorts of ways. And so every time you see a Caucasian face, you're in fear because you think you're worthless around them, you know, because you've been treated that way. Uh -huh. And, you know, and so like, you know, like, like Dick, like when I was younger, if I saw you, I, I, I would assume that you hated me. Hmm. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to shake. So that's what my generation, the people my age and the people in the next 10 years of age are trying to, we're trying to, Okay, you know what? Now that we have, now we're getting some more information. Let's try to check both sides, and we're both going to see that there's some fear, fear rooted somewhere that doesn't even need to be. Hey, that's very true. Very yeah. true. Wow. Yeah. 
fear seems to be uh, what what do they say? Uh, it if you really knew another person's story, if you took the time to listen to another person's story, it would probably erase most of your fear because you would begin to understand where they're coming from and why. And most fear is based on the lack of understanding. Sorry, yeah, you fear what you don't understand. And, and because we tried this approach, uh, you know, uh, I mean, he's not the only one, obviously, but uh, this, this guy, he was Caucasian, but, uh, you know, uh, he was watching uh, one of the other dancers even brought him on and said, this is my friend that I was talking about. He was, uh, the, the, the person who was African-American was posting on his social media and he was so angry. You know, you, you post something rotten, you're posting, yeah, the, the issue that's going on, but you're, you're posting it out of anger and it's, it's. And you say some angry things, true things, but there, you know, but there's some anger in there. And so, so you know, they have, the, you know, now because we're so integrated, we have to pause and and try to, to at least talk to the other side. And, and, you know, and the guy who was Caucasian said, you know, dude, I can take it. Just say what you have to say and I can take it. And he was invited to speak today uh, and because that unity is is proof that there is no separation yeah and allow a person to tell their story you you really have to learn to listen <laughs> yeah yeah seriously you know it, it, I'm, I'm glad you said that uh dick because me and you wouldn't even be sit, sitting here if i didn't uh start practicing that we wouldn't be sitting here talking and uh on your show um it speaks you know I, we're not we're not people of conspiracy but you know but we're, we, we do pay attention uh it's not to form anything that is false but if you look at our lives if you look at our habits and how uh, our american culture runs we don't you know we don't really have time for that we really we uh, yeah, well most people don't uh but it is i would say go into silence living by myself i don't have to speak to anyone and when you stop speaking you start being aware of how people are uh, you know, the mind kind of opens when you when you have a family, especially if you're living in poverty, especially if you live in a, a broken, uh, uh, domestic abusive, you know, lifestyle. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it's hard to be in silence. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. And, and that's that's part of why healing is difficult in the present environment that so many people find themselves in. So I, I don't think uh, I've taking the time to, uh, to let the audience know that this is actually where I met you was in a, a Zoom group. Uh, right. Well, I guess it's a Facebook group, but we, we meet uh, once a week on Zoom called uh, Global Healing Miracle Experiment, started by this Dr. Clint Rogers, uh, a PhD author. Uh, whose book just came out uh, officially recently called Ancient Secrets of a Master Healer. And Clint was, I don't know if you knew this uh, chap, but he was on my show back in March. He was going to be a, a presenter out in Hawaii at a, a thing called the Odyssey that was being put on by a, a friend of mine, who lives down in Austin, just a little south of you, uh, Sarah Morell Vaughn. And, and we had met out in Oregon. That was a long story to get around to it. But, <laughs> but uh, he was, had been asked to be one of the presenters at this. 
And she had asked me if I wanted to interview a variety of the uh, presenters that were going to be out there. And I started doing that and getting to know uh, her, her speakers, Daniel O'Quinn and, and uh, others. And I contacted Clint in late January and said, could you be on the show? And, and Sarah had already sort of hooked us up a bit. And he said, yeah, we can work it out. And we worked it out for mid-March, uh, March 11th. Mm. Well, I, I learned then in late February that his teacher and mentor, Dr. Naram, had mysteriously and suddenly died at the Mumbai airport. And so I didn't know if Clint was going to be, you know, how, how would he feel about being on a radio show so soon after this? And when I contacted him, he said that he would do it still. So that was his first public interview after Dr. Naram died. And of course, the book, uh, Ancient Secrets of a Master Healer, is, is all about Dr. Naram's uh, work and how he became a healer through this. You can correct me if I'm, I'm wrong here. I think you call it Siddha Veda as compared to Ayurveda, two Eastern paths for complementary healing. Clint had started a, uh, after our, our radio show, had started these uh, Zoom uh, Facebook groups and then Zoom calls. And that's where I saw you sitting there uh, on the big screen with all those different uh, folks from around the world. Of course, you did kind of stand out because you... <laughs> You were actually, I don't know if you're the youngest, but you're one of the youngest in the group of well over a hundred that were, have been on most of the calls. Um, but what a variety of people, isn't it amazing? Uh, when, when you get on and you see the ages and the, the ethnicities are from all the countries of the world. <laughs> Let me get back to you. So, uh, how did you um, how did you get in contact with uh, Dr. Clint Rogers? There's a huge story, big, big, big time, but uh, you know that led up to that moment. But I'd been following him for two and a half years, him and Dr. Dr. Naram, and uh, I was enticed. And I met, uh, you know, well, I didn't meet him, but uh, I first saw him on a, a TED Talk on YouTube. And he was uh, saying that these are uh, secrets of a master healer, and he was a Western skeptic. Uh, but however, there was a state of uh, emergency when uh, Clint's father was uh, sick, and he uh, didn't really have long to live, you know, less than a week probably. And what, what ended up happening was uh, he was invited to go see Dr. Naram, and Dr. Naram basically cured him. And I was curious about that because I thought this guy, you know, I'm thinking these guys are a fraud, but I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a shot. Let me, let me see what he's about. And, you know, what was interesting about Dr. Naram and his message was um, these are ancient secrets. And I'm like, what kind of, what kind of hocus pocus are you trying to, you know, are you trying to sell people? You know, uh, you know, you get it. It's a secret, but you won't get it. You won't understand until you buy something. Well, there was no book at the time when I was following him or even a mentioning of it. And so Dr. Naram would say, okay, you want to know the secret? Well, here's a secret, do this. And I'm like, what magician reveals the secrets? So I, you know, you just, you have to, you rarely ever see someone say there's a secret and give it to you. So open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you <know>? Well said. <laughs> 
yeah, uh, it was the, and that's what I thought was incredible. So I just kept watching and uh, he mentioned it was Sira Vera. Now, the thing is, I wasn't paying attention to what was going on. All I knew is it was Sira Vera and I thought at first it was similar to Ayurveda and I thought it was meant to help heal people. But he said it was about discovering what you want and how to achieve that. So I was like, okay, whatever. So I'm going to try some things. Let's see what happens. Well, Dr. Naram talks about these points on the body called marmas. Called what? They're called marmas. M-A-R-M-A. Marma. Okay. And, it, and because of how I've been studying him, and you know, you got to really listen to Dr. Ram and watch all of his videos uh, to, and just hear what he says. Because there, I know there's so much, but marmas basically, and this is good for uh, Christians if they're very curious about this, all the Indians were saying in their teaching was that there is a way to connect, just to keep it simple, uh, you know, because God to me is, can't even describe what, what, it, what it all is. But it was a way for you to connect with God, but, and you can do it internally inside the body. And if you weren't at the right mindset, there is at least trigger points on the body to connect to that. Now that's my, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure there's a, a better way to interpret it, but um, based on my research, not only with Dr. Naram, but with other um, yogis, they're basically saying the same thing. There's ways to tell the body to snap out of a trauma or snap out of a, a unbalance. And then if you need to go deeper and spiritually, there's a way to connect with that as well. So and, after we had a little exchange, uh, I don't know, maybe over a week ago, and uh, you had sent me a link that I had not seen any of these Dr. Naram videos, uh, but you sent me a link and uh, Dr. Naram was uh, talking about forgiving yourself primarily. And he just went through uh, what you want to be thinking in your mind and, and saying. And then he, he showed a, a, a simple place uh, on your left hand where you press, uh, I think, what, six times. and. <laughs> there might have been something that you say when you do it. Well, if I had not been a little bit uh, familiar with acupuncture, you know, you put a little needle in somebody's ear and all of a sudden it changes things in their body. Why? Well, it's because of energy pathways and energy centers and all this different stuff. And it works. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, at least I was open up enough to know that if he's saying do this and be thinking a certain way while you're doing it, I, I could sort of picture the physical, the mental, even uh, the emotional aspects, and then in some way a, a spiritual connection to all of that. And I was a, a health and wellness teacher for 30 years, so all of those labels mean something to me. And it was like he was putting them all together in one series of movements. And, and I, I thought that was fascinating. So I, I am curious, and, and I know in the book that uh, has come out that they talk about different uh, points on the body that you can press for different kinds of things. And, and uh, I know a lot of people on, on the Zoom calls have been sharing personal experiences about that. So... I sort of see my future warming up to that uh, gradually, but, but uh, warming up to it. 
And you must have already been doing some of this if you've been watching those videos for, gee, two, you say two or three years? Yeah, but you know, Dick, uh, the funny thing is I only applied the technique one time. Oh. Yeah, uh, that's what's crazy because when I finally programmed certain things and released certain things, when you don't do it every day, trust me, it's going to come find you, but it might take even longer. So the more you do it each day and you listen, and we'll talk about listening, uh, the more you do it each day and the more you listen, you'll start figuring out what's plaguing your life. Now, I, uh, I recently, so I, I, I've, in, in the organization that we're in uh, on Facebook, I released three videos. My first video was pretty long, but I was surprised that it got over a uh, hundred views and people watched it for the most part all the way through if they could. And that was, that was really amazing. But you know, just this whole topic, you know, it, they have so many links that go into other topics, you know, it, it was hard to convince it. And then the, I made a second video about how I would like to share this knowledge with people and how to share this book. And then the third video uh, was a trailer I released to answer the needs of certain questions that I was getting from uh, people in the group. And that was, and I, I, I was just trying, the reason why it's a trailer is because it would take hours to try to help someone finally identify their own problems and how to work through that. And, uh, and, there, and I, told, I was trying to help people get a shortcut because the shortcut worked for me. I've been fighting it, but it really worked. Okay. And, um, and one of the biggest shortcuts, if you want to express yourself, if you really want to be who you are, I said, forgive yourself. And I showed where to press. We have a, we have a very uh, firm piece of wisdom. His name is Elio. And uh, <laughs> he, what, he sees something in me and he keeps on telling me, Chad, just do it. Just do it. Um, <laughs> and, I need that, and I need that push. I really do. But Elio, um, I, I respect his wisdom because he's saying that we could, you know, Chad, if you have knowledge, if you share it, we can all be there with you. And I sympathize with that. You know, but I'm cursed with the uh, youth. <laughs> you know, I have to I have to share and live at the same time. You know, so for a way for people to understand it, you know, I have to just say you have to forgive yourself, and I put it in the form of a trailer just to get people curious. Mm -hmm. And I'll share with you, Dick, because you invited me on this radio station, so you get privileges that no one else gets. Mm. <laughs> um, Thank you. Yes, no, for real. Uh, and this is why I'm gonna. This is why my next videos will be shorter, but they'll be in pieces. Uh, and what I will share in one of these videos is that how does forgiveness feel? Well, one, um, I, you know, I got a lot of positive response in that trailer, but uh, we, there was one, uh, there was one person who commented, and it, to me personally, it seemed like uh, they were trying to explain what they thought forgiveness was. So I, I made a friendly reply back, but. Um, in my trailer, you're going to see Clint, Dr. Naram, and Bruce Lee. And you can see the similarities, but they're all different people. The reason why I say that is because forgiveness is going to look similar and extremely different for everyone. Interesting. You know? Okay. Yes. And, and um, let, us, uh, let us say that those three individuals were not in a, a group talking to each other. You took clips from different moments in their lives right yeah um it, yeah it was uh and what brought that on was that um uh, you know you know every time i think about a topic or a subject or you know for my next video or my next idea that i want to post or speak about dr clint out of nowhere well you know in, in the morning 
well, my morning, because he's in Mumbai, he will say the exact same thing I've been thinking for the past two days, and he'll post something and say it out loud. And I'm like, okay, I'll get in gear. <laughs> and, yeah. And, you know, uh, I don't, I'm not really making fun of him, but, you know, like, I remember when I made that trailer, I, I released it. I took the, the I took the same video he released live, and I clipped it and I put it in my video and released it that night. And you know, uh, just Clint, he's just he just has a heart. I I haven't read past the first chapter because I start you know I started feeling for him, and uh, you know, and I don't you know I I don't really know the guy like that, but I am getting to know him. But when I read the book, I just felt so sad. But uh, but you know, he's such a, an emotional and loving person. And there's always like a teardrop in his eye. And I'm like, Clint, I just turned on cartoons. I just turned my video game on. I just got some tea. But he's so inspiring. It just shocked me into gear and shocked me right into being creative. And but because what he was saying was right. And and I was like, okay, this is perfect. I'm glad he said it. So I so I can take Clint's wisdom and his inspiration. And that's the direction. And then I referenced a piece of Dr. Naram. You're going to see Dr. Naram a lot in my videos. But I, I attached it to a, a certain piece for Dr. Naram and then went into Bruce Lee. The reason why is because they're all, we're all saying the same thing. It just has different forms. And that's what makes it beautiful. Ah, okay. So when it comes to forgiveness, even though this person was kind of pointing out what forgiveness looked like for them, you could, you could only just, you know, just love them. But people need to realize that they are special and they are unique. If you are truly special and if you are truly unique, your answers are going to be special and unique. I can only help you identify it mm -hmm. because when you go through it, you know what it looks like. And, right. you know. So, so Chet, do you have a website that these videos are going to be posted on? Or are they going to be on the uh, myancientsecrets.com website uh, where people could find them? You know, uh, yeah, something interesting happened. Uh, a few days later, Dr. Clint uh, reached. Well, he reached out to me yesterday and said, uh, "Che, um, I want to, I want to um, have that video if you don't mind." So I, I tried to, so I sent it to him, and I was surprised he messaged me. You know, Clint's, uh, Clint's, like, you know, it doesn't matter how big or small organization is, uh, or our Global Healing Miracle Group is. Clint's like a celebrity to me. So when he reaches out to me, it really, it really feels good. And I had no idea that I could inspire him and inspire other people. So um, I, I would hope that eventually it goes on the website because I don't have one. And, and again, Dick, I had no idea I'd be speaking. I think it's probably going to be part of the uh, myancientsecrets.com uh, website because they've just added a new menu bar across the top and in one of those uh, menu items, they have uh, videos. Oh, wonderful! And, uh, so I think it. I think uh, we we probably ought to go <laughs> after our call tonight. Look it up, see if it's there. It might be there already. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Uh, you know, and uh, that's why it's so important to me. Uh, you know, um, uh, I remember the first day. Uh, I actually had a. I was texting uh, Elio. He had just re. He had he had uh, commented on one of, on the video that I sent. And he said, Chad, look, I like to watch people. I, I watched you. But he ended up messaging me and I had a talk and I said, Elio, you know, I appreciate it. But and he knew what I meant. I said, look, I had no idea. He, he knew that I knew that I didn't expect to speak. 
And now people are now looking for answers within me. So I had to tell Elio that, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes and I'm young, you know, it's, it's how could I even, you know, attempt to help heal other people. Elio had to tell me, he said, Chef, what people don't tell you is that you're meant to make mistakes so you can learn. So if I, when I, if I post and I post something and it actually goes on the website itself, which is an extreme honor to me, I need to make sure that the information I'm giving is correct and precise and it's efficient and it's fun. And I promise you, Dick, when you, when you go, I'm going through forgiveness right now. After I made that video, um, just, just even looking at the Marma point can, can, can set off a, a chain of events of, of, uh, of forgiveness. When you want something, you, you'll get it, but you got to know how, it get, how you get pushed there. So I thought through my way to help people identify this change, I would show them in the form of dance. And the reason why it's in the form of dance is because it's at least a, it, it's observable with, with these human eyes, with this, with, this, with this mind that we use. It's a way for people to see it. That way, when they have a change that's invisible, they'll be able to see it. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, I look forward to seeing it. <laughs> yeah, just um, forgiveness, it feels good. Yeah, and after, you know, after I made that trailer and I posted it, I finally forgiven my mother fully, 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 fully. And it comes out like it's throw up because when it comes out and you forgive something and you cry, you know, I only cry for about 10 seconds, literally 10 seconds. And I'm back to normal. Like the way I'm speaking to you now is normal. I'm back to normal after 10 seconds of that because you're finally over it. It's done. You understand it. There's no, you know, there's no need. To, when you forgive someone, you won't harp on it. You'll, you'll feel good. It's finally gone. So people will just have to understand what it means in, in their life. And I had to, sh and I showed my mother uh, in, uh, a couple of days ago when I went to go visit her, I showed her that point because she said, yeah, I'm ready to move on. And that's the thing. Now, I had said, mom, you're in for a rough ride. So I showed her where it was and I said, press six times a day. It's, it, it's, in, it's in the webbing between your index finger and your thumb on your left hand, that little chunk of web fat. Um, you hit, you press that point six times on the top, on the top of your hand. And, and I said, mom, mom, listen to me. I'm not trying to program you, but say this, repeat after me, but say it for you and not for me. Say, I forgive myself and I forgive myself for being tricked. I forgive myself for being lied to. I forgive myself for all of these things because it wasn't my fault, but because I thought it was, later on in life it became it became my fault i mean i watch well, trust me i said it a lot i said i my sentences were a lot more graceful <laughs> but yeah, yeah. um the thing is you have to get that out say it out loud you have to say it out loud even while you're pressing the points and breathe in as you press because like i said i, I remember you know I, the reason why i made that video is because when i would hit the points six times a day and I thought of this person and I thought of that person and it, I cry for like five seconds and then I'm back to normal. And honestly, and I don't even think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Good. Yeah. Good. Glad you so, shared. I promise you, if you want it, it'll, it'll come instantly. And if you, <laughs> and beware, because if you press the points and you don't want it, regardless, it's going it, to, life will steer you in that direction. <laughs> Guarantee you that. Well, I, I think it's interesting that the concept of forgiving yourself may be new to some people 
Um, I don't know. I, I know there's a lot of emphasis on forgiving other people, but uh, I agree that forgiving yourself is almost uh, foundational to uh, forgiving others. Um, and uh, really glad you're you're focusing on that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's um, well, because and the reason why I'm doing this is because all of us actually want to be some 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 sort of uh well not, yeah well a lot of us do yeah i'll say it that way are looking at dr naram and hoping that we get we we learn how to help treat chronic illness chronic disease within the body and so i'm making this step by step just like dr naram says and you'll see it in one of my videos step by step to help people identify the change in their life because i guarantee you you can't heal anyone until you heal, heal first. You can't forgive anyone. Well, yeah, yeah, you could. No, you can say it. You can do that. But if you're, I'll say it this way. If you're struggling and having a hard time healing yourself and for, forgiving others, the easiest person to forgive is yourself. Because deep down, a lot of us did not mean to say that mean thing. And they have a flashback of when something like that was said or something like that was done to them, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a... a small area, which is not so small, that uh, we haven't gotten to about your story that I think is so fascinating because I, I heard you briefly tell it before. And that was uh, when you were a teenager, you seemed to be, I, I don't know if this is common for teenagers, you seem to want to know God in a in a, a more personal way is maybe the way I, I would phrase it. Can can you tell us uh, briefly about uh, what happened to you in that circumstance? Oh yeah yeah of course I can I, I I'll never forget it Dick I'll never forget it. It was just a, a an innocent question from an innocent soul innocent you know young young man. I was sitting on the couch. And simply because I was ready to receive it with there with no attachment, with no idea with what I was real, you know, with what I was saying, it was just, I wanted to be my question. I, I wanted that to come. And the question was, God, who are you and what are you? And the most amazing feeling that's unlike any other feeling I've ever had came through the top of my head and pierced my skull and then flooded my body. And even though it didn't use words like me and you, the feeling carried a message. And that message said, everything as it should be, and you are okay. And as the feeling left, it said, come find me. Hmm. Come find me. That, that's, that's curious. That, yeah. It doesn't say it. It doesn't really say it like words, but you no, feel but it. Like, yeah. a, like a longing or a... a yeah. 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 It, it, it is a longing. Um, and it set me on this crazy path and, oh man, Dick, I, 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 you know, I could, I could tell you some of the thoughts in my head and we'd have a blast, but <laughs> uh, no, seriously. Um, it led me to, uh, it led me to very interesting points. It led me to Dr. Naram. Uh, it led me to discover, to, uh, to discover, even who Jesus was. And, it, you know, what's funny is as a Christian, you're told that other religions 
don't know what they're talking about. They're crazy. They're, you know, they're devil worshipings, this, this, and that, and, you know, the other. But the Hindus tell a very different story about Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, they love Jesus. They worship him, actually. They, they look upon him as if he is the son of God. The thing, and it makes you wonder, okay, then why is there this division? Why was I taught that these people don't care about this, care about Jesus? He's an idol. Jesus is an idol to the Hindus. And it makes, and like I said, I'm not, you know, I know we're not ones for conspiracy, especially not me, but there is something going on. And there are uh, many gods in, uh, I should say, many little G gods in the Hindu. <laughs> uh, but they do have a, also a, the concept of a sort of a, a god that's over all the little G gods. Is that correct uh, in your understanding? Yeah, uh, you know, and th th that's, what, that's what the Hindus are saying. We're saying that, th well, yeah, the, the Hindus are saying, and this is the message all, and it just takes research, man. But this is the message that that they are saying, and then what I ultimately think Jesus is saying. And I'm actually trying. I'm out trying to explore this. The Hindus are just saying this: that when Jesus came, we acknowledge that God came in human form. But every God that has come, we don't think of them as separate. We we believe that they all that God came through them to do some type of mission. So. All they're saying is, yes, we worship Jesus Christ, too. We love him. We, we know God came through him. We're just saying that God isn't the only person that, that you know, the, you know that, Jesus, that Jesus is not the only person. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's not the only person. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus disappeared, you know, from a child and came back in his 30s, there's a, there's a gap in between his disappearance. The Hindus say that he came to study and learn what it meant to be God in human form. And when he came back, even Jesus himself, and even in our Bible, it says, haven't I not told you that ye too are all God? Yes, I believe that's in John chapter 10, if people are curious about that. Yeah, oh, thank you for the reference. But yeah, <laughs> so, so if it's in this Bible, then the Hindus have been correct this whole time. To, you know, to the best of their ability, just like we, you know, we all can be. But yeah, but just that whole sitting on the couch and experiencing that, you know, it's it's almost like I'm telling the same story as Jesus. You know, I even had to explain this to my mother that that we're getting new information now. The Bible to me needs to be updated. Matter of fact, um, Dr. Naram, I, I mean this, and this isn't flattery. Clint Rogers and Dr. Naram probably should be in our Christian Bible. <laughs> because that thing needs to be updated. Uh, I, I, I think that's a little radical, Jay. I think oh. it's a little radical. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a bit radical, but, but the, the thing is, Dr. Naram was saying that Siddha Veda was a lineage. His master, who also had a master, who also had a master, who also had a master, all the way up until Lord Jivaka, which was lord buddha's personal physician meaning that if this lord buddha he refers to is the most famous buddha you know his name was siddharth gatama and if jivaka helped gatama start exploring who he was until he got to the point where he became 
the Buddha that we all know and love, that's the lineage. That's where that comes from. And if, and if the Hindus, and if this is true, that Jesus went to go study this, then this possibly was one of the teachings he picked up. Now I will I will be I will back off of that a little bit because now when when I saying that there's no base basis around this there's much more research to be done but based on my studies of Hinduism and that culture they tell a very very different story and it's a very loving story. Well, the good thing about uh, what I'm picking up from our Zoom meetings and and the little bit of the book that I've read is that you don't have to invest yourself in religion uh, and studying that way. That uh, Actually, I think there's a quote that Dr. Naram says that his religion is to serve humanity and not to get caught up in the, the different uh, dogmas and, and uh, arguments that so often come from, um, you know, from saying, well, this is this and this is this. And, and, and it, his basis is all love. So uh, <laughs> how can you go wrong with serving yeah. humanity with love and uh, uh, doing whatever you can to help people heal themselves through uh, marmas or diet or oh. herbal treatments <laughs> and, and so on. Um, Kind of one of those you can't miss it you can't miss if you if you have those as your tools no it's a it, it is a it's it is a technology it um and like i said i had to go step by step you know explaining this i did get a bit excited uh you know when i when i said my uh, my radical notion but you know uh, it, it was a it was a true thing because again you know i'm picking up all the pieces you know and we're trying to find i'm not the only one i'm trying to find a way to piece this all together but just that experience as a teenager on a couch, it launched me into other experiences. Um, I remember the first out-of-body experience I ever had. And I won't really talk about those into, you know, in, uh, in my videos. But just that need, just that need to search connect, will connect you with so many different people and so many different experiences. And, yeah, that's, that's really what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that longing. Uh, I, I'm not going to go into it, but I had my couch experience uh, myself <laughs> when I was about oh. 30 years old. And uh, so I, I, when you said that you were on the couch, it was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> couches are pretty uh, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. vibrant places. Uh, be careful when you're on the couch. Quite comfy. You're you're upright. You know, you sit upright, but you're relaxed at the same time. It's the, it's the perfect. It's the perfect environment for a spirituality. <laughs> yeah. Well, in my case, it was a shift from being a, a follower of a a Swami, Swami Satchidananda, and uh, shifting my gaze back to my Christian roots, and uh, I it produced a longing in me to uh, get back to my roots and learn in much greater detail what uh, what I was introduced to as a kid. So, and, and look here. Now, what, however many years later, our couches have brought us together <laughs> 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 in a conversation on KOPN 
that's going out to the world and and we're you know it's just isn't it isn't it beautiful how life uh, leads us around and and uh, I don't know we think we're in control sometimes but I I kind of think uh, the control we have is almost uh, as little as saying okay I'll do that <laughs> <laughs> well no um yeah I uh the when you got flooded no, i want to know about that when you got flooded with that that feeling what were you thinking about why why do you think it came what did what really describe what that felt like well i was uh in, in a depressed state emotionally uh, mentally physically and i was looking actually physically looking at a a, a cutout uh, poster of Swami Satchidananda that was in my living room uh, across from my couch. And visually, that image of him changed. It, it shifted, morphed into a, oh. kind of a, a classic uh, drawing of the head of Christ with the crown of thorns. So it was, it was a, a visual, emotional shift that was taking place. And it was like all of a sudden, instead of uh, having a more of a pity party, poor me, I had this almost instant drive <laughs> to, I need to do this. And it sort of put me on a quest. And uh, it, it only took about three weeks for my quest uh, to be answered. And uh, I was taken, uh, led to a, a, a school. And I spent the next 25 years uh, with that uh, school group and uh, learned lots of secrets there too. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. No, that's, you know, yeah, you, you have to keep, you have to keep looking at, to keep going. What's, what's, what's amazing about this group that we're in is that, uh, again, it, you know, it doesn't matter the race, religion, creed, faction, it does not matter. It, that, that, that there, we, we all have something in common. We want to know what we want and we want to discover what we want. And that, and that need to know that need to discover shows that there's there, there's individual there's like these individual little invisible strings and they're all tugging at us and then some some of us make up a, a nice beautiful collage on one side and then there's beautiful collages on the other side me and you are definitely within the same collage i can <laughs> i can see that because uh this is a this was a nice this definitely was a nice call it was a nice little balance but uh there's definitely not a lot of fun to be had because, because I listen to you, Dick, and you, you say certain things and I'm like, oh, okay, this is a very, very sharp and curious mind. Because <laughs> uh, I understand you're exploring your Christian roots, but I'm like, the typical Christian does not think or speak this way. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I am not uh, much of a typical anything. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so... Che Gutierrez, you are you are uh, the hope of our future. 
uh, I'm 75, you're 26. Uh, uh, I, I wish you, uh, how does it say, uh, uh, live long and prosper. <laughs> Um, oh, man. Or let's see how how would the kung fu how would uh, Master Po say it to you, uh, <laughs> grasshopper? <laughs> grasshopper uh, I just I say that because you you mentioned one time that you liked the the kung fu series as I did uh, as a, a younger person. So it's been a real pleasure to hang out with you today. Oh, thank you, Dick. It, it was, it was, it was fun. So it, we'll look, we'll look for some videos and hope that we can find them on this uh, myancientsecrets.com website. Uh, I think I actually have a couple of my videos there too. So uh, hey, I saw, I saw. <laughs> good. We'll look for each other. And, oh, and, uh, and uh, I really look forward to continuing our relationship and and it can only build from here so love you much and uh any final word you'd like to give to our our listeners if you had fun with this conversation you're in for a treat if we ever have another one <laughs> all right there is che guterres the last word Actually, Thank I get you. the last word because I say to my friends listening, uh, remember, folks, uh, wherever you are, that is your world. And please leave your world uh, cleaner, more peaceful, and more loving than you found it. Because if it is to be, it is up to us. So take care and talk to you soon.